Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner, a podcast about cute, adorable animals, as well as featured stories, collaborations, hamster tips, and so much more. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm super excited for you all to be listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Happy Hamster Corner. I am your host, Holly, and I'm here with an amazing hamster community member, Jess, from the UK. Do you want to give a warm welcome to everybody in the hamster community, Jess? (laughs) Hello. Have a happy one. (laughs) You are so sweet. Uh, Thank you so much for you guys listening. We recorded an entire session on on Zencaster before, and it was a technical issue disaster and Jess has been so, so sweet and patient (laughs) with doing this. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being so patient and you're amazing. Oh, no, no, not at all. Thank you for the podcast. I appreciated it throughout. Some episodes are totally fun. Every episode is educational and authentic. (laughs) You've embraced really sensitive subject matter, like your pet grief. Um, mm-hmm. you, thank you on the country. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it means so much, honestly, like having that feedback. I really, really do appreciate any type of feedback, whether it's good or bad. But I was like, even if I help one person with this podcast, it's worth it for me. So it's just something for fun. And it's mainly about like spreading the word on proper hamster care and just sharing fun stories and tips. So I'm really glad that you enjoy it and that you're wanting to come on the podcast and chat with me and talk some about your hamster. Do you want to talk a little bit about your hamster? Yes. So I have a Roborowski dwarf hamster with Wiz is coming up to his first birthday. He was born the 20th of March, 2021. Aww. I rescued Wiz from a family who were emigrating abroad. Um, he's my first hamster for many decades. I had one as a child, but I'm now an adult. And mm-hmm. Wiz has been a delight. Um, and in fact, I think <laughs> more than that, I would say Wiz, Wiz rescued me. So... I live, as you mentioned, I live in the UK where we do a current lockdown. Mm-hmm. COVID, coronavirus, pandemic, and I thrive on being out and about, so I struggled during the lockdowns. And yeah. in addition, I had to quarantine more than most others around me because I had some scheduled surgeries, and the hospitals are, you have to isolate for multiple weeks before you can be a patient on the ward. So... Oh my gosh. And I was more and more minded to adopt a pet as company and I was researching a dog. But mm-hmm. I doubted myself. I was unsure about whether <laughs> I could offer it all the space that it needed, the walks, the insurance, um, any yeah. expenses. And then at that instant, ta-da, a surprise. My sister <laughs> just unsolicited and asked whether I fancied a hamster so I inquired further and she replied that mm-hmm. she knew of a family who wanted to divest the baby dwarf hamster and I'm so glad that spontaneous and I wrote back yes um <laughs> and just one week after I rehomed the hamster oh I was diagnosed with covid so I had to self-isolate again oh um without the hamster I couldn't have tolerated that further time trapped indoors. But just to have another yeah. living something um, was, as I say, it rescued me. Um, I, you know, even though my mother assume around me that hamsters are just a child's toy, but I'd say no. Um, also, in fact, even more for adults. And for me, my rescue hamster was also my mm. rescue. oh I love that and yeah they they really are more a pet geared towards adults like even though they are marketed towards children 
they really should be an adult pet because of the care that goes into them, the patience, all of that, that it requires to. And because they're nocturnal, crepuscular. So yeah, exactly. When when children are or should be in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like the child's never going to see the hamster. So what's the point of having them have a hamster? Because most adults are awake in the evening and so yeah it's just it's such a better pet for adults versus like young children but i'm so i'm so happy to hear that wiz definitely helped you during the pandemic and all of your quarantining and all of that it's it was rough like even for me when i had petra it was i was working from home during covid and it was really nice to have somebody or something (laughs) there you know to spend time with and I spent a lot more time with her during that time from working from home and just for that last bit of her lifespan and I'm forever grateful for that and so I bet you're feeling the same way especially with having lockdown after lockdown having something there that's consistent even if it is just like not just a hamster, but something else living in your home that you can talk to or um, interact with. It's, it's definitely nice having something else around. Yes. And now that last lockdown with, with mm-hmm. actually in retrospect, it was a it was a real opportunity. We we evolved together. So, oh, I remember the the joy when I realized that with now comes to his name. So, if I'm at <laughs> and I call out with, he will emerge from his hide any time of day. What? And yes, and I'm pretty sure that without that <laughs> ten days together. Um, I wouldn't, I would never have trained him like that. So, That's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How adorable. Oh um, my gosh. Aw. I wish, I wish Linka would do that. Just call Linka and she just comes out. Instead, she's probably just like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, I swear. If there was someone listening to when I'm in the room with Wiz, um, they would laugh. I, I, I have a, a unilateral conversation with myself, but with Wiz, of course. Um, but certainly now, when I call out Wiz, um, there's, 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 there's a bit of ruffling as he pushes his way through his nest, and then out he emerges from his hide. Oh, that is so cute. Like, ser- <laughs> seriously, that is adorable. And I bet that honestly did help your bond, like just being in there together and spending that time bonding with him that now he comes to his name. Like, what the heck? That is so cool. So cool. I'm jealous. (laughs) I'm hardcore jealous of that because that is way cool. Yeah. Well, I I read and worried when I first – so I worried when I first had Wiz because I'd read the – Roborowskis tend to be more better suited just to being observational pets that you couldn't train them. Mm-hmm. But yep. <laughs> I think that's just the clue. It's just time and patience. Um, and maybe yeah. that's also why they're not optimum for kids. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Um, I can imagine it would be frustrating if you were younger and wanted kind of, um, yeah. Kids don't deal so well with deferred gratification like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And you're right. I feel like that is part of the reason, too, that I bonded with Petra so well, just because I was so patient in taming her that it just – it took weeks, but I was just consistent. And I think sometimes it's hard for people to – get that consistency especially if you're a young child you just want to take your hamster out and yeah that instant gratification but 
especially with the robo like I had the same exact thing with Petra when I first got her I'm like oh okay I'll do a little more research on on robos and I'm like oh crap these are hard to supposedly hard to tame Mm. and I'm like wonderful I got this hamster that I'm not even really going to be able to hold or interact with like I want to but I was just like all right I'm going to be consistent and patient with taming her because I know that's possible and it it paid off for sure so I'm glad to hear it was the same way yeah no well congratulations and that, I mean that's what I <laughs> appreciate about the podcast too is that you you know you are authentic with your queries about how to how to satisfy linker and and yeah yes I mean, likewise on the podcast, you're always so patient and compassionate. You you always acknowledge that we're all learning and evolving with our hamster care. And you don't Yeah, definitely. Who mightn't have had the best practices in the past. So <laughs> you're welcome. And yeah, I just feel like you have to approach it with grace because like I'm I'm not perfect and then even times that I have said something that I'm like, I don't know if I really want to share that with everybody because I'm worried that I'm going to get judged or have an issue with it or backlash. It In the end, somebody else is feeling that same way. So me being authentic and sharing my experience and my mistakes and owning that and changing and learning and growing from them can help somebody else in the process. Like even with Petra, I made, I made several mistakes with her and I was open about that and I learned from that and grew from it. And now I have better care with Linka because of that. So if I just didn't say anything about it or just didn't change anything about it, then that doesn't help other people. So that's the whole point is, yeah, maybe I didn't have the best care in the past, but I'm still learning. I'm human. (laughs) I make mistakes. And so does other people. Like, I've talked about before on the podcast, Victoria Rachel, somebody that everybody in the hamster community looks up to, she made mistakes too along the way. And that's okay. We're going to make mistakes, but it's important to learn and grow from those. And yeah, be be open and honest about it as well. So yeah, but thank you so much for pointing that out. Jess, you're so sweet. (laughs) Tell me, how is Linker? I was worried. You said this Linker has a infection. Yeah, so... Well, um, how are you and how I is Linker? Because you were out too, both of them <laughs> for you. I, I know. It was not not the greatest timing, but it was right when I was starting to recover. So it did work out a little bit in that sense. But um, I'm doing better. I still have like a little bit of a cough here and there. But... Yeah, that that flu that I had definitely kicked my butt. (laughs) Um, But Linka is doing so much better. She's done with her antibiotics now. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh. She was getting so frustrated with me bugging her twice a day to give her her antibiotics and whatnot. But after the first couple of doses, she was not struggling to breathe anymore, and um, she seemed to be pretty much back to normal. And she didn't really have any issues with taking the antibiotics or anything like that because I was kind of worried that maybe it would mess up her stomach or anything like that. But um, the vet told me just give her a little bit of yogurt um, like 20 or 30 minutes after you give her the antibiotics. So I was doing that once a day while she was taking the antibiotics. And she had no problem taking the yogurt, but she had problems <laughs> taking her antibiotic. I just had to be real patient with her. But she's doing so much better now. And yeah, that just shows the importance of getting your hamster care right away. Um, because even the vet said that it was good that we caught it early on because it was just an upper respiratory. She didn't have any other issues further down or you know, it could have developed further if I didn't take action on it right away. So it's very important to take your hamster to the vet as soon as you see any type of thing that doesn't look right or doesn't sound right. And it's important to to keep checking on your hamster every day. Um, 
you know, and I, yeah, it's, it's very, very important. Absolutely. And I think it's, and I'm glad, I mean, you know, what caused Linker's infection. If I remember there was a tipped water bottle, wasn't it? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should have had my boyfriend change the water bottle instead of me trying to still do stuff while I was sick um, because I didn't screw the lid on correctly and the condensation on the water bottle made the adhesive on the Velcro come off and I put it in the enclosure and I didn't hear it fall down and it fell down and dumped all the water all over her bedding in her enclosure And it was like that for at least a couple hours because then I went back to check on her that evening and it was all spilled. And I was like, oh my goodness, took all all the wet bedding out, wiped it down and everything. But I should have just cleaned it out completely because if I cleaned it out completely, it probably wouldn't have been an issue. Maybe, I don't know. But I mean, I can't do anything about it now. But looking back, that's one thing that I probably would have changed in the scenario that would be cleaning her enclosure right away, um, not just cleaning out the wet bedding and making sure it was dry in there um, because that could have possibly prevented it. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, but I think, I mean, compassion, so, you were unwell, so, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Maybe maybe there are things we can all learn in the hamster community. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean... After hamster daily, that's something we can all learn. And... Yes, definitely. And correcting, so say if, you know, if once you know your hamster does have an infection, a respiratory infection, then, you know, exploring what it was, was it, you know, it was used through damp water immersion or is the hamster in a drafty spot is there you know is there insufficient nesting substrate or maybe the hamster caught it from you as a human so i think it's i think there are some yeah. real, you know, valid valid lessons and you know positive value from from what you know what's been a tough time for you yeah like definitely and and that is um the main reason that I figured that it did come from the water bottle spilling because like even when I went to the vet, she asked me several questions about her. She was a really good vet and very thorough, but she asked, you know, like what kind of bedding I used? What do I feed her? Was there any like changes in her enclosure? Like maybe it's an allergy or anything like that. And I'm like, I haven't changed anything in her enclosure for the entire time that I've had her. So there was nothing that had changed other than the spilt water bottle. And so that's why I knew that was the cause of her respiratory infection because I had not changed any of the practices that I did because that was one thing that I was, you know, like if your hamster is maybe having like itching or something, like maybe it's the bedding or they have an allergy to the food. So you kind of switch things out to see. But I know with Linka, that was the only factor that had changed in the equation you know it's was easy for me to pinpoint for that but I know for some other people it might not be as simple you know yeah good detective work well well done you and (laughs) so yeah congratulate yourself yeah Um, definitely and actually that's something I really wanted to chat about is so uh, as always you know I had when I first had the pet I was very nervous about it's almost like having a baby you know what do you do help this 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 tiny living (laughs) being that yeah their whole life rotates on what you do for them and what you offer to them and once I had once I had a generous cage and the right substrates and playthings and the wheel and the sandpit and all that and and the nourishment, nutrition, um, I wondered what could go wrong. So I, well, two things that I researched. I researched firstly hibernation and torpor because I'm in the UK and um, mm-hmm. 
obviously we've got a fairly cold climate right now during the winter season in the northern hemisphere so yes. i researched all about torpor and i also researched um about the kind of common hamster ailments and i was yeah. talk a bit about those now and that you know I thought that was really yeah popular. definitely linka has also been ill um, yeah <laughs> i know and um it it is good to learn and know about these common things that can have that can you can have issues with with your hamster having more knowledge is better than not enough knowledge <laughs> yes. like definitely and um yeah so i mean yeah so do you want to do you want to yeah, start with um torpor yes first of all torpor scares me actually and i listen to oh yeah um, <laughs> i listen to others who mentioned that you know if your hamster goes into torpor it looks as if it's dead um prior to that that's so so what i'm told is mm-hmm. when the hamster is just before hibernation you might observe that it's shivering a bit more it becomes a bit more mobile that it's its extremities its hands and hands and feet of 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 cold and that it's not really consuming its food and drink um yeah now obviously uh, the objective is that it's best for domestic hamsters not to hibernate because they probably they're not accustomed to to it and they might not survive hibernation so yeah definitely keep it away from drafts to give it extra bedding on cold days and and to keep the temperature where its cage is fairly warm but of course away from direct heat sources like a radiator or a furnace um yeah and from those who i chatted to if your hamster's hibernating it might well look as if it's passed um but in fact there will be some visible breathing and its body should be warm and not rigid um the solution Mm -hmm. is to very incrementally warm the room um, to approximately 20 degrees not not immediately because um that'll shock the hamster and of course yeah leave out some fresh food some water and bedding for when it wakes up so that's what i learned about torpor and i hope that will be value to, um, to other yeah listeners. no and, and... oh sorry go ahead pardon me Oh, sorry. You kind of cut up for a little second. Um, oh, no, I do you mind just repeating think... that last little bit that you said? <laughs> yes, I, I hope that'll be a value to international listeners, listeners who are in colder climates. Um, you've got to yeah, definitely. Sense, so there will be lots of us right now who are mid-winter and, you know, there is a risk yeah. of hibernation and torpor if the hands is too cold. Yeah. Another thing that I have heard too is people um wrap a blanket um around the outside of the enclosure where your hamster is burrowed down like where they sleep most of the time not over it to like um hinder any ventilation or anything like that just around the outside of the enclosure where they're sleeping just put like a blanket or something right there to kind of help insulate that section of your of your hamster's enclosure yes well I do that every night um in fact I'm (laughs) I'm very maternal I add a a heat pad a hot water bottle a a wheat bottle which I heat in the Mm -hmm. in the microwave and just place it on the I so it's at the side of the enclosure, obviously outside the enclosure. Oh, okay. So it's on. I think I believe I have heard of people doing that as well. Yeah, and r- right by where the hide is. So there's at least I know there's guaranteed at least one always warm spot, and then I wrap a blanket around that for insulation. Um, yes, my friends and family have laughed at me for the hamster's hot water bottle, but. Uh, I appreciate a hot water bottle, so why not with two? Yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta take care of him. Oh. <laughs> I thought a little bit about just 
day to day pretty basics about you know of course prevention is better than cure so i think the first thing i would say is hopefully stave off any illness you know keep your hamster cage clean against bacteria wash your hands before yes. having your hamster and i did want to mention though mm-hmm. that hamster owners should not um be handling the hamster with after using alcoholic hand sanitizer gel that's toxic for hamsters so um that is a good thing to mention yeah definitely definitely don't be using that but why yes wash your hands not sanitize rachel has a line i've heard her say a couple of times soap and water exists so yeah yes (laughs) yeah no that that's a very good point to make because I don't, that's not something I've mentioned before, but yes, that's not, that's not a good practice to do, um, but washing your hands with soap and water is a good practice. So I'm like, I should probably clarify what I mean. Yeah. And then um, if you do have a poorly hamster and your hamsters live in pairs or in groups, if you've got multiple hamsters, then you need to quarantine mm-hmm. the sick hamster in a solitary enclosure. Um, probably uh, what I read is that it's, one could lay kitchen towels on the floor of the enclosure without shredding them, but refresh them daily just while the hamsters, just during that interval of the hamster being ill, so that you're, mm-hmm. you've got, um, you've got um, maximum hygiene for it. Um, yeah. Should we chat a little bit about things we've each heard or, or know that can go wrong? Um, one thing I always yeah, worry definitely. about is the hamster cutting themselves, abrasions, you know, if, if it falls yes. <laughs> or, uh, well, I hope I don't have any sharp edges in the enclosure, but if there are sharp edges or if it has any allergies and it itches itself. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I yes. I know is as good for hamsters as it is for humans is colloidal silver. You can just dab it, dab it or spray it um on on just slightly on a hamster against infection obviously if it's profusely bleeding you should go to the vet immediately yeah um, it's just a, a minor abrasion you can dab colloidal mm-hmm. silver on that yeah and definitely be leery of anything that is in your hamster's enclosure that could possibly cause any type of scrape or scrape or scratch or anything like that or when you take your hamster out of their enclosure, make sure that that area is safe for your hamster to, you know, prevention, I feel like is the best part for that type of thing. I mean, obviously things, things happen, <clears throat> you know, life happens, but the best precaution is avoiding that happening in the first place. Making sure that if you do have, for instance, like a an aquarium enclosure or a glass enclosure. Like for instance, I have the Detoff um, enclosure for Linka. Just making sure that you don't have any, there's not any pieces of the glass that are sticking out that could possibly have some issues or um, anything like that. So or when I take Linka out, making sure that there's not anything um, in her playpen that could possibly cause harm to her. Um, just keeping an eye on your hamster as well is very important for that and making sure that they don't have anything that could potentially cause them harm. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then I had a little look into, um, into, into the teeth. I'm always curious about hamsters' teeth. They, they make me laugh with the long, with the <laughs> longer than the top. Um, and I looked into what should be the yes. one color of a hamster's teeth. And fortunately, as wizard's teeth are, um, yellow-brown, I've read, is the right color. Um, if they're too yes. white, it could be because the hamster is malnourished, it's got a vitamin deficiency. If they're too dark mm-hmm. or they're black, then it's likely to be decay and you should be consulting a vet. If they're chipped, it may well be bar chewing. And whatever you can read on social media, bar chewing is not um, not good practice. And um, no, if that's a chipped, yeah. Bar chewing is not a good sign. 
you should probably probably have some trimming by the vet um, routinely. Actually, is what I've read. Um, but yes, yeah, and, um, and Linker's teeth. Do you do you get to see Linker's teeth too? Yes. <laughs> yeah. When I took her to the vet too, she also, the vet inspected her, her teeth and everything and said that they're, she was like, oh, they're, they're aligned perfect. And, um, they're the right color and everything. And, you know, I do check Linka and everything, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of, kind of cool to hear that from the vet as well. But yeah, it's definitely good to make sure that your hamster's teeth are not growing too long or are not abnormal in color as well um if they are constantly growing so they need to have something to chew on or something to um not chip them down but um grind them down I guess would be the right word so having enriching things in your hamster's enclosure even just something as simple as a walnut it takes quite a bit of work for a hamster to crack open a walnut and get the walnut inside. So that will definitely help with their teeth Um, or having grapevine or um, willow chews, like willow stick chews, things like that definitely that your hamster will chew on and that are safe for them to help with that. Um, If they do get too long, you can, yeah, take them to the vet to have them trim them. I have done a little bit of research in that, and I know that some people say that you can trim them yourself. Personally, (laughs) I would recommend just taking them to a professional um, just because you don't want to do something wrong, trim them too short, or have any type of issue with that. I feel like trying to trim your hamster's teeth is a little bit too much um, unless you do have experience in that so personally I'd recommend going to a vet to have that taken care of yes the South African hamster site is is very informative and it, they I know they wrote mm-hmm. please don't attempt to feed it yourself they write in capital letters because you could cause further yes. damage unless you've been trained by your vet to do this properly um so yes yeah definitely but anything but the bars, not the bars. Um, so yeah, I feel like that is that is good to mention there because I have looked into that partially out of curiosity and just, you know, um, just to learn more about it. Kind of like you were saying, it's just good to know about these different types of things and doing that research in for teeth um, because originally when I got Petra, she wasn't really chewing on her toys that I had in her enclosure. So I was worried like about her teeth. So I kept looking into different things and they were like, if they get too long, take them to the vet. Don't attempt to do this yourself. You can, if you're trained by a vet, one resource said that you can do it. And I was like, I, (laughs) I would be a little too nervous to even attempt to do this, especially on Petra because she was so tiny, but her teeth never did get to a point where they were abnormally long so I feel like that is that is good to mention yes yeah and and there's a good test for teeth apparently if you want to um check out that the teeth are an appropriate length you can give the hamster for example a monkey nut still in its shell and the hamster should be able to grab it with its teeth grasping the nut in the upper and lower teeth quite easily and if you Mm -hmm. feel that it struggles to open its jaws wide enough that intimates that the teeth are too long so you might have a a monkey nut a peanut in its shell or um something that size like a hamster biscuit or rice cake or whatever so that's that's a little test i think yeah no that's good to mention too just to see, you know, and that's an easy way to tell, especially if your hamster is not as well handled or doesn't like to be touched as much, whether, you know, they're a rescue hamster or they're still in the taming process, whatever that may be. So that is a good, that's a good tip. Thank you for sharing that. Dang, you're full of good tips, Jess. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, 
I love with dearly, so I've done my best to done my best to upskill myself to learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And then I read about yeah, I discovered about tumors because of course cancer and tumors are such worries for humans. And I think actually it's much the same as with us. You know, if they are if they're fairly static, then you could just you could just have some time of surveillance keep watching but if they are aggrandizing if you if you notice that the tumor is is growing then it's unfortunately it's likely to be malignant and cancerous and hence needs surgery we need to be realistic hamster surgery is high risk these these gorgeous creatures are so petite that they can't be under anesthetic for too long um so i think sad to say but hamster surgery is high risk um maybe too why adults and kids if they own them need to brace themselves for that at least it's you know it's no in advance that is good to mention too and yeah if you do notice anything abnormal with like something on your hamster i would early treatment is better than later treatment so getting them into a vet right away to get anything that looks abnormal on them checked out is important. So yeah, doing those weekly health checks on your hamster are really important because then you can catch that earlier on and see if there's a a route that your vet feels is best for your hamster. Because yeah, once it gets to a certain point with surgery and things like that it is it is high risk for the hamster for sure yeah a weekly health check and daily observation i yeah definitely we should chat about bumblefoot now bumblefoot because i heard i remember the first yes. time I heard you say this on your podcast bumblefoot what's bumblefoot um but bumblefoot <laughs> it should yes. never no hamster should have bumblefoot from what i've read it's from Causes like mesh wheels and obesity and overgrown toenails. And mesh wheels you just shouldn't have. Obesity and overgrown toenails, you should, you know, likewise, you should observe well enough in advance to to solve them. Um, And Bumblefoot, the photographs, oh, they look so sore. The poor hamster's feet are inflamed. The hamster's lame. Let's, Let's hope to eradicate Bumblefoot. It can be yeah, and with oral and topical medication, but that doesn't denote that ever any hamster should ever have it. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that is definitely something that should be one pretty much one hundred percent avoidable because yeah, it's known to cause that and it doesn't and also other issues as well. Your hamster's foot could get caught in in the wheel as they're turning and can cause even further damage than just bumblefoot for instance so yeah i know it's like oh it just hurts my heart just like even thinking about that and so that's why when i see pictures with hamsters and those types of wheels it just like oh i just like cringe because i can't think of a hamster running in that type of wheel Mm, oh gosh, I think I have vicarious yeah. just listening. <laughs> I know. And then I looked into eyes because, gosh, I often, yes, I often, you know, if you rub your eyes or you wonder about eyes, eyes are, hamsters don't have great sight anyhow, so you have to protect their, you know, you have to look after mm-hmm. their eyes. So I think one thing, one preliminary there is to make sure their ecosystem, their enclosure isn't too dusty. So with your sand bath mm-hmm. and sand potty, um, have low dust sand, not some chinchilla sand. And if yeah. you use, one thing that I'm not sure people recognize is that hay, good quality hay, is fine as a substrate, substrate for some substrates, but mm-hmm. it does decompose quite fast. You should be replenishing that hay probably more than some other hubs substrates and once it decomposes it becomes dusty and that can be an allergen to the hamster's eyes oh. and you might spot i'm sure you've seen photographs mm-hmm. with, with red eyes with eyes that are bolding yeah the hamster will need some 
oral topical antibiotics if, if the infection has got that far. I mean, if, if the hamster's just elderly, of course, it, I, the, with age, the hamster's eyes may weep and they may be slightly sealed shut when the hamster wakes up, like us, I suppose. But it's when you, if, you, if you see your hamster's eyes really red and bolding that um, you should be visiting mm-hmm. the yeah, definitely. And and that's good too. I I personally didn't know that about the hay. So that that is good to know. See, I'm learning something new every day. <laughs> oh, so we all. Gosh, no, lifelong learning, of course. And how's Linka fur? Has, and, and how is Petra's fur? Has that always been good condition? Uh, so Linka's fur is, is completely fine right now. Um, Petra, her fur was good. And then... Um, at some point it started, she was itching a lot and, um, which I kept thinking was mites or something like that. So I took her to the vet because she just, she, I noticed she was balding a little bit on her chest and was scratching a lot. Um, so I did take her to the vet. They thought that she had mites was not the case. It was something else internal, which, um, yeah, so (laughs) it was, um, the vet thought that it was possibly some type of, um, cancer or something like that versus, um, mites. Cause we did treat her for mites and I took all the precautions and everything. And that didn't seem to help try to medicine with her to be a little bit more aggressive. If case there was some other type of parasite or some other issue internally. Um, but that didn't seem to really help. And in the end, that it was pretty much known that she had some type of cancer, which I haven't fully, fully opened up about, um, just because that is it's so sensitive for me. But it's okay. It is something that I need to to open up about. I knew that it was gonna gonna come out in time, but um, thank you for sharing. Now that's that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. And that that's brave and it is a straight probably the straight that you're dealing with it better so applaud yourself yeah it'll it'll equip us you know hamster owners we love our hamsters dearly and we need to you know to know that we need to offer them the best we can within their short their lives are short anyhow but their lives might be truncated by something just you know out with our you know, out with anything we can do anything about. Uh, I'm so sorry. My yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it uh, it was really, really rough for a while. And it, it still is. It's it's coming up on a year of her passing. And it's still really sensitive for me. But I knew that eventually I was going to gonna share that with everybody completely. But I mean, I had talked about some of her health issues and things like that. But and how much I struggled and how I tried to to save her as much as I could, you know, and provide her with the best life. But I mean, in the end, I wasn't I wasn't able to. Oh, but please know you but... did the best you could for her. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, she's in <sighs> in hamster heaven, and this podcast is a legacy to her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to cry. Oh, I cried all the time. I've cried so many times on the podcast. But yeah, it's she's just so near and dear to my heart. But it's like I feel it's important for me to share that <clears throat> with other people because you feel less alone in that loss, in that healing process. But it's it's just life, you know, it's the cycle of life. And as much as we just want our pets to live forever, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it does have to come to an end at some point. And especially with hamsters, because they don't live very long. But you have to try to use that as motivation to create a better life for them. And... I feel like that's definitely important when talking about hamster loss and the loss of any type of pet that you have is using what you learned from that 
hamster or that pet and applying it to the pet that you have in the future if you do decide to have a pet in the future. Um, So I did learn a lot just from my experience with Petra and it helped me now create a better life for Linka in the future. So I feel like I did everything that I could, even though sometimes you feel like you still could have done this or that, or, you know, at the same time, you just have to accept the fact that you tried your best, you did what you could, and that's what matters. And that's what's important and live and learn. (laughs) Like I always talk about, but yeah, for anybody, um, I know only really my close family knows about um, her having cancer, um, which is what the vet suspected. And I found that out not even a week before she passed away. Um, Thank you so sharing. And please know that, you know, you taught us all so much because it's, well, we can just, obviously talk about grief and pet bereavement in the abstract to hear it so immediately um has been really yeah for all of us but actually i think will be um really fortifying for us when it when we when we confront that which we will inevitably unfortunately yeah so thank you and Gosh, that motto, live and learn, well, we've, our conversation has, has <laughs> to live and learn, which is a lesson for life. So there you go, hamster podcast for, you know, <laughs> for life. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm crying and laughing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's a virtual hug. It's a virtual hug. Oh. Um, but yeah, it it does feel good to share that just because I haven't really been open about that aspect of it. Yeah, thank you for getting that out of me. <laughs> um Oh, well done. And um anyway. <laughs> um I defer. Fur, yeah. Well, winter fur is pretty good too at the moment. Um I've read that yeah. hot climates can have trouble. It's certainly not hot in here in the UK at the moment. But no, definitely humid. not. Like a lot of the a lot of the resources come from Singapore, for example, where hamsters can where it's hot and humid, and hamsters often have yeast or fungal infections, um, for which they must again be prescribed oral antifungal medication. I suppose if you're out there, if you're somewhere sunny, a I'm envious, and b um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely be be aware of that and then oh yes i was very scared when i read about um wet tail but fortunately i think that's yes. only for young syrian hamsters um i don't have a syrian hamster and my hamster is technically probably not very young anymore um but oh yeah, if if you're if you've noticed your hamster being lethargic or if they have diarrhea and weight loss, then please um, see a vet. They could die if they're not treated immediately, and if it's wet tail, they do need oral medication, antibiotics. So, yeah, that is that is very important. Hmm. Um, and then the last few that I thought we might mention were mm-hmm. well, are hopefully. Rare, they're certainly scary. Um, so pyometra, which is infection of the uterus or the womb in a, in a female. Oh, person. yes. Mm-hmm. You can have, there's apparently there's open and there's closed pyometra. Open pyometra is when there's blood or pus actually being discharged from the vulva. But when the cervix is closed, mm-hmm. then the blood and the pus accumulates within the body. And you might observe that the abdomen is bulging. Um, and with either of them, the hamster might be over drinking, trying to medicate itself. Um, if you yeah. have pyometra, the hamster may need to be spayed, which is a surgical hysterectomy. And then again, um, yeah, unfortunately, you have all those risks of surgery that we, we mentioned earlier. And then yeah, definitely. the last two urinary tract infections. 
when you might see excessive urination or urination with blood. Um, then, again, the hamster will need oral medication. And mm-hmm. um, in the interim, just good hydration. And the last one, yeah. this, is the last one this isn't exhaustive, obviously, of diseases, but these are the more common ailments. With kidney disease, yeah. kidney disease, and with that, you might see again over urination, lethargy, weight loss, and the hamster will need a special diet and oral medication. So, I think one thing I observed about mm-hmm. all of these is just how how vital it is to, even when your hamster's well, to know in advance where your closest or your best exotic vet is. Maybe have a couple of options for vets if you can. Um, yeah. Cage ready if you need to visit the vet. Obviously, have the travel carry cage ready, but don't fill it with bedding yet. So um, transfer some of the bedding from its cage if and when you need to go, so that hamster have some familiar substrate. But just mm-hmm. have that carry cage um, to the side. Yeah, I just realized how how vital that is. It's better to be prepared, and it's better to take precautions and it is better to keep an eye on your hamster and do regularly checkups on them, make sure everything looks good to get the medical attention if they need it um, earlier versus later. So, yeah. Those are the illnesses I looked into um, and, yeah. No, well, they're... they're I'm, same for humans, and I think it just reinforces that day to day, I'll invest mm-hmm. the best I can for the hamster to keep it well and while it's well, and yeah, scurrying around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more joyfully, I'd mention what I've discovered is a great playtime for both me and the hamster is within my pop up tent. So I have a pop up oh, tent yes. that folds up into about well about the size of a flat rucksack actually and um, once you unzip it yes okay it springs up into it looks like a little teepee actually and mm-hmm. what i do is i flip it on its edge flip the tent onto its vertical edge so as to maximize the floor surface area clambering with my mm-hmm. hamster and a few toys and treats and together you know it races around and I have a <laughs> racing around on me. I'm pretty sure if I'm in sight, my hamster's mm-hmm. favorite boredom breaker is just me. Um, that isn't quite, <laughs> um, it isn't quite the same as it, you know, him with wanting to play with me. He just explores my fingers, my limbs, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure he appreciates my t- my participation at all. It's just a kind of yeah, it must be this this kind of moving mass. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that that's funny oh my gosh I've never heard anybody say that before but <laughs> you're, the, you're the biggest boredom breaker I love it the pop-up tent I'll, I'll send you I've sent you the name yes. of the tent and yeah feel free to link it in, in yeah that is absolutely brilliant I'm like how have I not heard of that before now because it's enclosed, you don't have to worry about them getting out. It still has the ventilation and it's a lot of space for your hamster to roam around and it's a safe environment as well. So that is absolutely freaking brilliant. <laughs> and to no, me, I, I need to get one of those for Linka. Yeah. To me, I prefer <laughs> the pop up tent to the playpen because the playpen, mm-hmm. I mean, Wiz may only be about six centimeters long but he can crawl out of his playpen <laughs> that playpen was designed for syrian and with is out of on top and you know free roaming he mm-hmm. will invite himself to free roam whether i like it or not um so <laughs> to me the playpen you know he needs to be it can only ever be very supervised play but yes. the pop-up tent um, <laughs> i can either be in there with 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 or with can just have that have it to himself the the playpen is super nice but yeah it's they still can get out from the playpen so it's something that yeah you do have to supervise them and either be in the playpen with them or right next to it and you can't 
really get up and walk away <laughs> very easily. Oh, okay, they won't they won't get out or they won't do this or won't do that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Especially with Linka, she's a crafty little one. Yeah. Um, definitely. All idiosyncratic, you know, it's the truism that not all boredom breakers will amuse your hamster, just like us humans. They yes. are unique. They'll have their favorite shapes and dimensions and textures and scents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just while, while I mentioned I mentioned scents um, and smells, mm-hmm. I, at the moment I'm prepping for one night where I'm, I need someone to babysit the hamster. And so for a while now, I've been wearing the same gloves when I handle with. So what I'll do oh. when I need to offer with just for that night to be babysat, I will also give the babysitter the gloves so that it'll smell to Wiz as if it were me and hopefully won't stress with <gasps> Oh my gosh, that that yeah. is a really cool idea. No, that's a very, very good tip as well, um, especially for somebody too that you know, maybe is like a family member or a friend or something like that. If they want to pet your hamster and they're still in the, you know, initial stages or maybe they're skittish or something like that. So using gloves that are familiar to them will allow them to be able to, yeah, interact with your hamster without stressing it out. That is, that is a really good point. But yeah, thank you so much, Jess. You have been like super helpful and i'm sure tons of people in the hamster community are going to are going to love your tips and i really do appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking and sharing your expertise and your research that you've done because i know you are not really on hamstergram <laughs> so it is it is good to hear your your input input and expertise even though you are not on um, one of the main platforms for sharing yes, that type I of, so. I'd rather spend I'd rather spend the time with my hamster. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I've I've had a happy one. So thank you. I have just yeah. to close. I have a a, a a minor gift for you for your oh, okay. tip of the week. Are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> Ready? Yes. Let me just one moment. It's coming. <laughs> A one. Two. How about that? Yay! <laughs> A new drum roll. <laughs> yes, I hadn't heard that one yet on your podcast, so a short drum roll for you. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fun fact, though, I do only use the same sound for the drum roll. It's the same drum roll every time. Oh, really? Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a oh, YouTube yeah, drum roll that I Google. Listen well enough. <laughs> but yes, I appreciate the different one, and I'll put that um, for the Holly's Hamster Tip of the Week for this episode. But thank you so much. That is so sweet. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap this up? Have a happy one. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. It's been fun. And I, well, I said to you directly, I now, Mm -hmm. you always say that Friday is the best day of your week. Well, you've not only illuminated my Fridays, but now Thursdays are also special because that's when I've to look forward to the podcast so thank you oh thank you that is so sweet oh okay I'm glad but yeah I've I've always loved Fridays ever since I was a little kid because I just remember looking forward to the weekend and I'm glad that you look forward to Thursdays now too that's so cool thank you Jess so much for coming on the podcast it was so fun talking to you And thank you so much for this drum roll of Holly's Hamster Tip of the Week. This week is... A one. There are always new ways to improve your care. Whether it be something small or something big, there's always new ways to do something to improve your care. 
All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much again, Jess, for coming on. And if you guys ever want to come on the podcast, please send me a message on Petra the Hamster on Instagram or send me a email at thehappyhamstercorner at gmail.com. You guys are amazing and have a wonderful weekend and rest of your week next week. (laughs) But first, and of course... As always, have a happy one, guys. And thank you for (laughs) recording this all over again and dealing with all of my technical issues with me. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Bye for now.